Welcome to the Every Nation Dorado Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. Hello everyone and welcome once again to our online church platform. It's always a blessing to be able to gather together online around the Word of God and to fellowship in some way. I'd like to remind you, uh, based on the announcement from the president this past week, that we are now able to have about 150 people or exactly 150 people in our venues. And we have seen the congregation has been coming back. We want to invite you, if you're at home, there is something special about us being together. Obviously, we're, we're, we're meeting all the, the different uh, protocols and requirements from a health point of view, masks and social distancing, etc. And uh, we definitely want to welcome you back to the congregation. You can choose either the 8.30 or the 10.30 service, as well as the evening service, which is a, a little bit more um, sort of like vacant, and you, you might be able to, to have more room there. So just a reminder concerning that as well, want to once again remind us that when it comes to any pandemic, any sickness, any kind of disease, that the Word of God is medicine, that the power of the Holy Spirit is still healing people. And that happens when we put our faith in the name of Jesus. And so I want to really encourage us as a church to continue to do that and to live with that awareness of the life of Christ that is in us as well. And then obviously, uh, as you come, you will see some of the construction material in the, in the parking lot. And we're thanking God for the progress that we're making. I want to implore you once again, if you're not partnering with the building fund, please, please, please partner with us. Whatever it is that the Lord is moving on you to give, it will make a difference. And it is going to be the blessing that flows from it is in the partnership in doing and joining with what God is doing in his church. And uh, I bring you greetings from our Okaanya church. Last Sunday, I had the privilege of going to Okaanya and to minister at our congregation there. And uh, they are definitely in need of your prayers. And so I want to encourage you to continue to pray for our Okanya congregation, even during these times as they are growing in the Lord. And then tomorrow, just a reminder that tomorrow is our, our day of fasting and prayer. Remember, this is not just for the pastors or leaders or the committed members. This is for every person that deems this to be their church, that we will fast and pray together on Mondays so that we can see the Spirit of God fulfill His purpose in our lives. And then, just a special announcement, next Sunday is going to be a special Sunday. We will be concluding our sermon series on the lifestyle of worship. And in that segment, we'll be doing music and song and the importance of that. And so, it will be a worship service. I want to encourage you to set aside a financial gift or some kind of gift that you bring as a special offering unto the Lord, we'll have an opportunity in the service for you to be able to put that in the offering basket or to mark it down or, 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 or make a transfer uh, through, your, through your electronic banking. But we would like to cultivate an atmosphere of thanksgiving and worship and praise, and it's going to be a, a service for, for repentance and, and forgiveness and all of that. This is going to be a special service, so you don't want to miss that out. You want to come early for that service and bring something in your hand that you set aside for the Lord. And remember that God loves a cheerful giver. Don't give out of compulsion or because you have to, but out of your heart determine what it is that the Lord is leading you to do. Awesome. So we're going to get into our message today. I'm going to pray for us and then 
we'll get into the word. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord God, for your word that is rich in its grace towards us, Lord. We thank you that this morning, this afternoon, whenever we are watching, Father, that it's, it's ministering life unto us, Father God. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you will prepare our hearts to receive a transformational word this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And so um, we're in our third week of our worship, lifestyle of worship uh, segment and sermon series. The first week was on worship in obedience. We spoke about the fact that God desires obedience much more than sacrifices and offerings and all the songs and everything else. And so obedience is our first way of worshiping God. Last week, Pastor Philip preached a powerful message about how we give up our bodies as living sacrifices in view of the mercy of God, in view of the righteousness that is a gift that came through Christ, in light of our salvation, in light of what he's done for us. It easily causes and inspires us to give up our bodies as living sacrifices. And I'm reminded of the time when Abraham went to sacrifice, uh, under the instruction of God, went to sacrifice his son Isaac. And he told the servants, he said to them, you remain here, the boy and I will go to worship the Lord. And the worship didn't have any kind of singing and dancing. It was actually quite a sad, a sad time. But that was when he was going to sacrifice what he valued the most unto the Lord. And that was deemed to be worship. And so the, the lifestyle of worship is a lifestyle of sacrifices, but it starts with an obedient heart and it starts from the heart. So today we're going to talk about how we worship God in truth. Worship in truth. Worship in truth. And it's so important that we understand that a lifestyle of worship is a lifestyle of truth. You cannot associate yourself with lies and fill your life with lies and then claim to be a worshiper of God. And we have this great honor and privilege that in spite of the difficulty of living a life of integrity and truth, we have received the spirit of truth. It's not something that God is expecting us to do just out of our own willpower. He's expecting us to surrender to the spirit of truth who then begins to take over our entire lives and then leads us in a lifestyle of truth. And that lifestyle of truth is a blessing to God and gives that sense of honor and that sense of adoration that worship entails. And so I'm reading today from John chapter 4, verse 23, the account of Jesus at the well with the Samaritan woman. He says, yet a time is coming and now and has now come when the true worshipers, look there at the specification of Jesus, the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. True worshipers who worship the Father in truth are the ones that the Father seeks. And then it says in verse 24, God is spirit and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. Meaning it's composite, not or in truth, not you worship in spirit or in truth. You make your choice. No, these two are inseparable. You worship God in spirit 
and in truth. It is actually impossible to worship God in spirit without worshiping him in truth and in reality. And so God is seeking such worshipers. We're talking uh, over the last few weeks and, and, and into next week, we've been talking about having a lifestyle of worship, not just singing songs, not just being worship, quote unquote, worship leaders and worshipers, but really living the life, starting with the obedience and then going on to that sacrifice, uh, even related to how we conduct our bodies, living sacrifices. And today we're talking about how we need to do so in truth. Now, number one, this is the first key. Truth is reality based on a person. This is what truth is. I want to remind you, there's a message that Pastor uh, Salma preached in the evening service. We've loaded it on our on our YouTube channel as well. She preached that message during the time with, that we did the message called Prayer is Revelation. And so go back and look at that. She speaks about the difference between truth and fact and how we flow with the truth despite what the facts say. I'm not going to preach her message now, but it's important foundation to also have. Uh, number one, so truth is reality based on a person. So that means this is the question. If we say what is truth, you can easily conclude that truth is what is real. What is real? So if we say, I'm living in the truth, I'm living in reality, and all truth, all reality in its true essence, I'm not talking about what can be in your sight and what might be portrayed, but I'm talking about what is in essence true and real. And all reality has its reference in Christ. All reality is aligned to Christ. All truth is aligned to Christ. And the reason is because Jesus is the creator. Through him, all things were made and nothing was made that was made without the word. In the beginning was the word. God created all things by him and through him and for him. And so Jesus is the centerpiece. He is the foundation of truth. He is the essence of truth. Jesus Christ. So anyone that doesn't know Jesus Christ personally, anyone that doesn't know Jesus Christ in the sense that they've received him as the truth in their lives, in the sense that they've received him as Lord and Savior, is not walking in the truth and therefore is not worshiping God in spirit and in truth. Very important. I mean, there are so many worshipers around the world because it's a religious term. Some worship stones, some worship the sun, some worship trees, and some worship artists and musicians. But when it comes to worshiping the true and living God, it must be in spirit and in truth. And the wonderful thing about living consistent with the truth is that it is so beneficial to us who are living by the truth. Living by the truth, they say this, honesty is the best policy. Absolutely. There is an inconsistency and incongruence to living apart from the truth. If the reality is that there is a bus coming down your lane and you do not align yourself with that truth and move out of the way, perceiving what is coming your way, then you are on your way to death. John chapter 14 verse 6 says this. Jesus answered, 
I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So Jesus is here emphasizing that truth is related, reality is related to the person of Christ. He says that he is the truth. Definite article, not a truth, not one of the many truths, not my truth and your truth. No, Jesus is the truth and there is only one truth according to which everyone must line themselves up. So truth, we're talking about worshiping God in truth. The first thing to realize is the truth is reality that's based on a person and that person is the Lord Jesus Christ. Number two, truth is exclusive. Truth is exclusive. And this is very important because we live in times where uh, words and their meanings have had so much ambiguity and double meaning and people can come up with their own words now and meanings are attached to words that traditionally you would be able to look at something and say a word and it would mean what you say. But now in the times that we live, it's a postmodern society and truth has become relative to whoever is speaking it. First John chapter 1 verse 5, the apostle John speaking, it says, this is the message we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. You can't say there's both light and darkness. No, the two are mutually exclusive. If there is darkness, it's because there is no light. If there is light, it's because there is no darkness. And verse 6, if we claim to have fellowship with God, with him, and yet walk in darkness... We lie. Why? Because God is light. Hmm. If we are walking with the light and still walk in darkness, we are a, a living contradiction. It says we lie and do not live out the truth. So the truth is to be lived out consistent with the way that we walk with God, who is the light, who is the truth. If we align our lives to God and his light, his revelation, his truth, the person of Jesus Christ, then we are walking in truth and we are worshiping God in truth. Verse 7, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship, koinonia. We have spoken about this during our prayer series earlier on. We have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. And so when we come into Christ, we align ourselves with the truth of truths, the highest reality. And when that happens, God begins to change our hearts and our lives into his character. He removes our sins and he fills us with righteousness. Righteousness, like Pastor Philip was preaching last week, the righteousness that leads us to give up our bodies as living sacrifices. So firstly, truth is a reality based on a person, the person of Jesus Christ. And then truth is exclusive. You cannot say that I'm pregnant at one, at the same moment as saying I'm not pregnant. That's why you cannot say I'm a man and then next week say I'm a woman. No, there are certain truths which are based on facts and realities which are actually emanating from God as creator. 
to the point where when we begin to redefine those things, there are consequences and repercussions. There are some fundamental things that as society we have started to redefine. We have redefined even what it means to be alive to the point where we are now able to abort real human beings. We are killing them in the womb because we don't deem them to be a human being or to have life. But the word of God says that God has known us before we were even in our mother's womb. He knit us together in our mother's womb that there is life inside the mother's womb. But because of our redefinition, since we have rejected Christ, we have rejected the truth. We don't want reality based on him. We want reality based on our own sexual urges. We want reality based on our own feelings. We want reality based on our own affections because we are redefining who God is. And we're saying that we are gods. And therefore, because we are God, what we say, that is what truth is. But the truth is that the truth cannot be changed. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. And everyone that is living inconsistent with that reality is going to come to a collision course with the truth. And I tell you today, if that is you, God is still speaking grace and mercy and calling you to repent and saying, put away your lies, put away your contradictions, and align yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ. And so the word of God says that truth is exclusive. It means that it's absolute. There is such a thing as absolute truth. There is such a thing as absolute right and absolute wrong. And there are many in our society that have this approach to the truth, which is almost to say, no, sometimes you can have a white lie here and a brown lie here and a black lie here and all of that. And so there is this spectrum of truth. But the word of God tells us that God is truth. Jesus Christ is the truth. And whatever God says, that is the truth. And that becomes the standard by which we can judge all things. Hallelujah. And you know what? As a normal human being, it is difficult to live in contradiction. It is difficult. If we're going to meet somewhere, and I tell you, we're going to meet at a certain location, I'm specific, we're going to meet at a certain time, you're able to make preparations and provisions in order to be at that specific place. But think of this, if I tell you that we're going to meet at a certain place and at a certain time, and halfway through that, I change my mind, I do not inform you of the change, because all things are relative, truth is, is a lie, and lie is a truth, and I meet you elsewhere, hoping that somehow you'll figure out that you can meet me there. It's going to begin to harm the relationships, and that is where we're going. Lies, which is a, 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 a contradiction of the truth, an inconsistency with the truth, always harms relationships, always harms relationships. It harms our relationship with God first, then it harms our relationship with our fellow men, and it harms our relationship with ourselves. You are a walking contradiction if you're not able to admit the truth and walk in it. And God is speaking this morning or this afternoon, whenever you're listening, God is speaking to you and saying, today, you need to realize that there is but one truth, and that truth is to set you free. Jesus said, you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. 
The life of true freedom is not the life of lies and deception. It's not the life of compromise. The life of true freedom is the life of truth and light. It might be difficult in the beginning to disclose the true you, to disclose the true essence of mankind. And this is the issue. We have such a, con a contradiction because we, we, we believe that mankind is so good, he's benevolent in his true essence, he's really actually good in the inside. He might be murdering people, he might be causing all sorts of genocides, he might be someone who is selfish, he might be a rapist, he might be an adulterer, he might be stealing from his boss, but actually in his actual heart, he is a man of truth, he is good in essence. That is a lie. And the word of God tells us that mankind is born in sin, is conceived in iniquity. And if we can align ourselves with that truth, then we can begin to address the actual problems in our societies and in our communities. Because I tell you what, the problem with the world is not the sin out there. It's not the lie out there. It's not the issues out there. The problem with the world is the sin in here. It's the lie in here. It's the issue and the pride in here, inside your heart and my heart. And that is where Jesus came to apply his solution. And this is the issue. If we cannot admit that truth, automatically we will never take the solution of the Lord Jesus Christ because we deem it to be unnecessary. I don't have a sin issue. I don't have a problem. I, I'm a good person. I don't need salvation. I don't need redemption. I don't need forgiveness. Why? Because you are under a deception. And this is the thing. You cannot claim to be a Christian, walk in deception, and want to worship God in truth and in reality. Hallelujah. And so truth is exclusive. Number two. Number three, lying leads to death. Lying leads to death. Where, wherever you contradict the truth, you do it at your own Risk. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 16, look here, very telling scripture. It says, there are seven things that the Lord hates. Very strong word. There are seven things that the Lord hates and cannot tolerate. Cannot tolerate. Number one, a proud look, pride in the heart. Number two, a lying tongue. Number three, hands that kill innocent people, including abortion. Number four, a mind that thinks up wicked plans. Number five, feet that hurry off to do evil. God hates it. He cannot tolerate it. Number six, a witness who tells lie after lie, one lie after another. And number seven, someone who stirs up trouble among friends, who causes disunity. Wow. Now, if you consider those seven, two out of those seven are almost a repetition because it says he hates a lying tongue and he hates a witness who tells one lie after another. False testimony. Deception. And so we can see here from the book of Proverbs the revelation of the nature of God because God is truth. The lie is at its core most inconsistent with who God is. And you might say, well, I lie. I lie. I have a lying tongue. I have told lies in the context of a courtroom, in the context where the law was expecting me to tell the truth. I've perjured myself. And this is the 
first truth that you must admit. If you cannot admit that about yourself, that I, I have also lied. I have also gone against the truth. Then God's solution for you can never be applied and you will always be excluded from true worship. You might sing your songs. You might look good in church. You might actually be on the worship team, but you're a liar singing unto God. <laughs> you might be on the pulpit preaching. You might be out in the streets evangelizing. You're a liar. You might say, yeah, at least I'm not on those platforms. You know, look at those hypocrites. At least I lie at home and I lie uh, out there, not in the church. It doesn't make it any better. <laughs> a lie is a lie because it's a contradiction against the nature of God. Against the nature of God. Revelations chapter 21 verse 8. Look here. It says, but cowards who turn back from following me and those who are unfaithful to me and the corrupt and the murderers and the immoral and those conversing with demons and idol worshippers and all liars, their doom is in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur. This is the second death. <clears throat> Excuse me. Very important that you realize this, that in the day of judgment, those who align themselves with the lie compared to with the truth are going to have their place in the lake of fire. They will be partakers of the second death. The, the lake of fire burns on and on. You don't get destroyed. It's a continual term, uh, a torment, and the death is its absolute separation from God. And it's very important that you consider if you've been entertaining a lifestyle of deception, a lifestyle of lying, consider that there is a day when all lies will be uncovered, when the truth will be laid bare and every man, every woman will be exposed in the light. And if you are living in a lie, if you have been living a life of deception, lying around and, 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 and deceiving people, that there is a place of judgment and condemnation that abides upon you. Unless if you repent and turn over your life to Christ and begin to live a life consistent with the truth. Because living with the truth, living aligned with the truth will not only benefit you in this life, but also in the next The eye of the Lord is upon all. And it is so important this morning that we hear the voice of the Holy Spirit in the warnings that are motivated by the love of God, that you will not be one of those that is finding themselves in the lake of fire that burns with sulfur and fire because all liars, according to Revelation 21, all liars will have their place in the lake of fire. And so... I want to urge all of us, look inside your own heart, consider your own life, inspect your lifestyle. You claim to be a worshiper of Jesus. You claim to be a Christian. How much of your life is filled with lies and deception? Are you someone who tells the truth? Are you a person of integrity? If we had a camera reality show that could follow you without you knowing, what would we discover concerning your life? How much deception have you entertained? And you might say, I can't help it, Pastor. This is a struggle in my life. Absolutely. Well done for admitting the truth. It is the first step to coming out 
of the lie. It is the first step to receiving Christ and his truth into your life. This is something very important. What we are discussing today, we're talking about worshiping God, God Almighty. We're talking about the creator of the universe. And many of us have harbored lies in our hearts and entertained lies in our lifestyles. And we still want to uh, 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 align ourselves and come and bring all sorts of worship to God. It is a hypocrisy of the highest level and it must change today. And you may be asking yourself, am I supposed to change this myself? No, Jesus said, I will send you the spirit of truth. The Holy Spirit will walk with you. He will begin to say, no, don't lie here. Tell the truth. No, but what if I get in trouble? Rather get in trouble and I will help you out. But you tell the truth. You live according to the truth. You begin, and he begins to coach you and he begins to show you, begins to, to lead you to align yourself with the truth. I'm telling you, it is liberating when you can live in the truth. When you can live in the truth. Hiding lies means that you have to hide more. You have to lie in order to lie. And you have to lie. In, you, you need a whole file to, to manage your lies. Because at some point, there's going to be a contradiction in your life. And it's so important. You're on dangerous ground if you continue to entertain lies in your life. I'm reading from Acts chapter 5, verse 1 to 13. So number three, lying leads to death and the second death. Number four, lying is testing God. Lying is testing God. Con contrary with the truth, not living according to the truth. Not only the telling of lies, even when we uh, begin to, 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 to do things contrary to who we are. When, when we are pretending, when we're putting on a face, that is lying as well. A hypocritical lifestyle, that is lying as well. And what should we do? We ought to repent and turn from that and, and disassociate our friendship from lies and begin to befriend the truth. I'm reading from Acts chapter 5. We're talking about lying is testing God. Acts chapter 5. It says, a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira, his wife, sold a, a possession or a property. And he kept back part of the proceeds. His wife also being aware of it and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. So Ananias and Sapphira... They, they, they sold the property, they kept some of the money, and the principle in the church at that time was, if you sell a property, bring the whole thing, we will redistribute it, and at least be disclosed and say, I'm keeping some of it, and I'm giving this much to the church. Don't pretend as if you are giving this whole property to the church, and then actually you have kept half of it, right? This is what's happening there. So they came and they brought it to the apostles. They're in the church here. Verse 3, but Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit? Just consider here. And this is what Jesus said, that Satan is the father of lies. The father of lies. It says that he cannot speak the truth. Even when he speaks, his, his native language is to deceive. He's a deceiver from the beginning and a murderer. And so this is where you see it. Ananias why has Satan filled your heart 
to lie to the Holy Spirit. Whenever you look at your life and there are lies dominating in a certain area or some kind of uh, 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 hypocritical lifestyle or some kind of double life, lack of integrity, Satan is involved. Mark my words, Satan is involved. The prince of darkness and lies is involved. And that means you can be set free. So he asked Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the price of the land for yourself? While it remained, was it not your own? Why did you have to lie about it? Was it not your own? And after it was sold, was it not in your own control? You could have done with it what you wanted. You didn't have to bring the money to the church. Why did Satan fill your heart? To lie to the Holy Spirit. And consider how he doesn't say to lie to me, Peter. He says that lying to others is lying to the Holy Spirit, especially in the context of the church. Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? That's where it starts. If you are living a life of lies and deception, it's a manifestation of the corruption in your heart. It's not just, no, I'm just managing my fears. No, it's in the heart. It's coming from the core. And then it says, you have lied. You have not lied to men, but to God. Very strong words here from the apostle Peter. Verse five, then Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and breathed his last. He died. So great fear came upon all those who heard these things. And I'm telling you, even as I'm sharing this message today, some of you might be getting great fear coming upon your heart to say, wow, you know, I didn't consider this seriously before. And some are thinking, no, I mean, that's Ananias. He, they were in the church. This is post, this is after the, this is after the crucifixion of Christ. After the blood of Jesus was shed, after the Holy Spirit was poured out, this is the same um, environment as we have in the church today. And today we still have people who are misleading and deceiving. In fact, Jesus said, watch out, there will be false prophets in the last days. There will be many deceptions in the last days. There will be many who will be deceived to even fall away from the faith. And so we're talking about some very serious things when we're pretending to be worshiping God, but actually our life is full of lies. And so this is the correct response. There was a sense of fear of God that started to fill the hearts of the people around to say, don't play around. If you want to, if you want to do something wrong, admit it. Rather say, look, I, I sold the property. I only want to give the church 10%. That's all, Peter. The rest is for my kids' tuition or whatever. Keep your money. But don't deceive. Don't mislead. Don't be hypocritical. Don't connive. And some are saying, yeah, then I'd better leave the church. Because, I mean, I can't live like that. There are many hypocrites in the church. Oh, definitely there are many hypocrites in the church. But I'm encouraging you that the lies out there are worse than the lies in here. You might as well stay in the church and repent of your own sins. At least you will know that you are living in the lie while you're here. And I want to encourage us as a church. Let's begin to cultivate honesty. I'm not talking about blurting out in a hurtful way everything that you think in your head. 
But don't mislead and connive and pretend and lie and all of that. We are trusting that the, the, the spirit of the discernment of, of the gift of the discernment of spirit is being opened up in our church in a mighty way. Many of pe- many people will be exposed in the lies and the things that they are doing behind the scenes. I want to encourage you while it's still in development phase, <laughs> come and come clean so that you're not exposed in such a terrible way. And why would you be exposed? Because that's what the light does. You cannot live in the light and not expect to be seen in truth. You will have to do a lot to mislead. I mean, just recently, a couple of months ago, uh, the news came out globally about a Christian leader that was really living a double life. And the allegations were serious. And many people were hurt because of that. Right Around the world, this person was a mighty evangelist around the world. You never thought that they would be living a life contrary to the truth. And it's so important. It's so important. Hear the compassion of the Holy Spirit. And this is something to repent of today. There are some of you, you are lying to your spouse. You are deceiving them. You are lying to them about the, 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 the things that you do uh, be, when they're not looking. Repent. Make right, find forgiveness, find mercy. There are some of you, you are lying to your parents. Some of you, you are lying to your siblings. You lie to your friends. You lie to to your employer. That is out of line and it is not consistent with worshiping God in spirit and in truth. It needs to change. And then it says, verse 6, And the young men arose and wrapped him up, Ananias, and carried him out and buried him. Look at the process of your life. Wrapped up carried and buried. That's what you're doing when you're entertaining lies in your life. What is the use of holding on to a lie that God already knows the truth about? You might as well align to him and and plead for his mercy and how he then restores your life. Verse 7, now it was about three hours later when his wife came in, Sapphira or Sapphira, not knowing what had happened. And Peter answered her, tell me, whether you sold the land for so much. She said, yes, for so much. (laughs) So the husband and the wife already arranged at home as if God doesn't doesn't see what you do at home. You know, when we get to church, we're just going to tell them that uh, we sold it for one, one, we we only sold it for for 300,000, but actually we sold it for a million. And and, and then they're going to give us maybe some kind of, some kind of favor in the eyes of the people. Because most of the time, that's why we lie, is because we want to look better than we are in the eyes of people so that we can take advantage of them. It is actually a very self-centered, a, a greedy spirit, right? And it is important that we disassociate ourselves from that because what it does is it worships us instead of worshiping God. It is an idolatrous spirit. Verse 9, then Peter said to her, how is it that you have agreed together? <laughs> you and your husband, you have agreed together to test the spirit of the Lord. And this is why we're saying lying and deceiving and hypocrisy when we claim to worship God is to test the spirit of the Lord. Then he said this, look, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door and they will carry you out as well. This is very important. There are some of us, we are very, we, we are very sympathetic 
even in the times when we can see someone is lying, they're living a double life and all of that, we are not inclined to tell the leaders and say, that brother is actually taking advantage of the sisters in the church. We are not inclined to say, that sister is actually stealing from the offering. We are inclined, more inclined to, to sympathize with them. Even at work, we have a whistle-blowing line and uh, no, one, <laughs> no one is blowing any whistles. In fact, when we grow up on the playground, we have names for people who, 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 who tell the truth when others are deceiving others. We call them snitches. And we say snitches get stitches, obviously because of our gang background where we come from. And we deceive and we lie and we, we, we call people, don't be a tattletale. We tell our kids, hey, stop, stop being a tattletale when they come and run and say, hey, daddy, uh, 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 my brother has, has taken this and that or he's done this wrong and all of that. And the brother wants to lie. And the, the, the sisters and the brothers are all tattletales because the parents are raising them not to blow the whistle. And then when they become professionals, lawyers and doctors and, 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 and entrepreneurs and engineers and pastors, then we expect them to blow the whistle then. But we, they were raised in a house where they were called tattletales and snitches, and, and, and now we're expecting them not to be there. It's a messed up society. We should raise our kids to expose evil and lies where they are. It is a protection. Why? Because while the enemy is undercover, he destroys. You know, when pedophiles are taking advantage of children, I don't know why I have to, to say this, but let me say this. When pedophiles are taking advantage of children, this is what they tell them. They say, don't tell anyone. In fact, they make threats to that child so that they don't tell anyone. The fear of telling the truth becomes such a part of their life that they begin to live such a double life. And then what happens is the enemy comes in and destroys their sexuality or something else in their private life. And they always have this very good face while, while they have this abuse in the dark and in the shadows. As if God doesn't see. As if God doesn't, uh, hasn't sent his son for the very, very hurt and very destroyed lives and the dark lives that we have. You know, if we don't want to admit our wrongs, it means that Christ didn't need to come. And if Christ came, let us come clean and let us say, Lord, help me. I messed up here. The church is not a place for perfect people. It is a place for perfecting people. It is a place where people come as they are and we grow them through the word of God. It will be a process until Jesus comes. But we cannot have a friendship with the evil one. And then she says, he says to her, look, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door and they will carry you out. Immediately, she fell down at his feet and breathed her last. And the young man came in, found her dead, carried her out and buried her by her husband. Quite a unique uh, serving ministry there. <laughs> also, you know, who wants to volunteer for the carrying out? The Paul Bearer's ministry. <laughs> anyway, so very, 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 very tragic situation here. And there's many uh, disputes as to whether were they Christians, were they not Christians, whether, you know, does God do this to the Christian? It doesn't matter. The point here is don't lie to God. Don't lie to the Holy Spirit. It's not about how to survive <laughs> when you've lied to the Holy Spirit or how to survive deceiving church leaders and, 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 and people in church and friends and, and family. How to, this is not a story about how to survive. It's a story about the death that goes with the life of lies. Mm. 
Verse 11, so great fear came upon all the church and upon all who heard these things. Verse 12, and through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among the people. Can you imagine that the miraculous is being tied to the truth being released in the church? Right? That when there is this fear of God coming, the miraculous begins to operate as well. And we are seeing the miraculous in our church more and more. And I want to encourage you, don't let it be a prophetic word that comes in some public meeting that you are actually compromising this and stealing money from your employer. Rather bring it out and share with your connect leader, someone trustworthy, and begin to get restoration in your life. And it says, and they were with all, and they were all with one accord, unity, in Solomon's porch, a certain area of the temple. Yet none of them None of the rest dared join them, but the people highly esteemed, esteemed them. And this is what's happening today. Many people are coming to church, right? Because we're all giving away cars and houses and it's all very prosperous on this side, right? And then there's a lot of deception and lies even in the pulpit. Until someone dies from lying, then I was like, oh, I, I can't go to that church, you know. I, I, I need to make sure that I'm not going to deceive the believers there. And why is it that we need someone to fall down dead out of this situation before we can admit and say, Lord, we want to live by the truth. Jesus Christ came. He is the truth. No one comes to the Father but through him. We don't have to make ourselves truthful. We don't have to make ourselves holy. We don't have to make ourselves righteous, but we have to repent. We have to repent and say, Lord, I'm not going to associate myself with the, lie, the life of lies anymore. Help me, lead me guide me. And it's going to cost us our pride. It is going to cost us our selfishness. It's going to cost us our darkness. It's going to cost us all those evil things that the enemy is currently feeding us as a reward for our lies. So that means lying is testing God. And number five, worship starts with truth. Psalm 51 verse 5 this is David, a man after God's own heart. He not only committed adultery with Uriah's wife, he tried to cover it up by calling Uriah from the front lines and then eventually trying to make him to sleep with his wife, to sleep with Uriah's wife, his own wife, so that the baby that would come from that would be, he said, no, it's your child. Remember that time you came back from the army, you slept with, with a woman, but it was actually David's David's uh, child. And you see how lies have tentacles. One lie begins to be a monster. And so eventually David tried to get him drunk and the man said, no, we have a code here. No one sleeps with his wife while the army is in the front lines. And then David said, okay, go back. He gave him a letter, said, give this to Joab. And Joab was the, the general of the army. Joab opened it and the letter said, put Uriah in the front. And when the, the battle gets hot, pull back from him so that he can die there. Eventually, Joab sends message to David and says, the man is dead. David doesn't blink. He goes, he fetches the, the man's wife and brings her into his house. And then the child that was born from that adulterous affair dies. Just like Ananias and Sapphira. Wherever there are lies, death is close by. I'm telling you. I'm telling you now. And lying is one of the massive spirits 
Massive demonic spirits that can destroy someone's life, that can destroy a family, that can destroy an institution, that can destroy. Sometimes we think, no, spirit of death or not. Mm -mm. Spirit of lies is more powerful, more powerful. You'll be dead before you even know you're dead. And this is what David then writes in Psalm 51 in his repentance. He says, yes, I was born in guilt, in sin, from the moment my mother conceived me. Verse 6, and yes, you want truth in the most hidden places, in the innermost parts. You want truth. And you teach me wisdom in the most secret place. Then he says, purify me with hyssop, which is a herb. Purify me with hyssop and I'll be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow, in contrast to the darkness. And so this is really our heart. We're talking about a lifestyle of worship. We said worshiping God in obedience. And then we said worshiping God as a living sacrifice, giving up your life as a living sacrifice in light of what Christ has done for us. And now today we're saying worship God in truth. Let your living of truth, the way you live out truth, be your song of worship. Let the way that you confess when you've messed up be your song of worship. Let the way that you say, mm -mm, I'm going to have to lie to cover that up. Let me rather go with the truth. Be your song of worship. Let your admission of guilt be your song of worship. Let your, your living in the truth be the celebration of your life to say, Lord, hey, sometimes it's hard to live in the truth, but I'm doing it because I want to worship you by living in the truth and by living by the truth. And I'm telling you, the integrity of your heart will so empower your words that the miraculous will flow through your life. Many times we say, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, we are praying in Jesus' name. That's the same mouth that lies, <laughs> that lies. So when we're saying, be healed, your spirit almost says, and your soul is saying, is, is, should, should it really be, or, or is this a lie? Should, should we go play along, or what's going on here? And so there is this inconsistency in our spirit. We are double-minded because we lie a lot. And it is not a worship unto God. Amen. So let's take time now to repent. I know that there are many of us that will have to take a, this whole entire week and just have a reformation in our hearts, you know, and just... The Holy Spirit will help us and catch us and help us and say, hey, that's a lie. Fix that. Change that. There are some of us will have to go today and confess to someone and say, look, I need to tell you this. And let the chips fall where they fall. You'll be free. <laughs> freedom, the cost of freedom is yourself. That's what it takes to be free. Yourself. Give yourself up and you'll be free. Amen. And so... Let's repent today. Let's repent from having this thing of, no, this is my truth. No, let's begin to build on Christ, his truth. Let's also repent for not having the scriptures as our final authority. There are many of us that we, we believe things that are contrary to the word of God, and yet we, it, it, it doesn't matter to us. Let's repent of that today. Let's repent for lying to the Holy Spirit lying to spiritual authority, lying to leaders, lying to our connect leader. No, I can't make it because of X, Y, Z. No, I can't do this because of X, Y, Z, but it's a lie. Let's repent of lying to our loved ones, lying to our spouses, 
lying to our brothers and sisters, lying to our friends. Let's repent of that today. Let's re repent for lying out of fear rather than trusting God because God loves us and takes care of us. And let's also repent for spreading rumors and lies about us, slander. Let's repent of that. No, but pastor, I'm in the media and uh, you know, I'm in the newspaper, so I need to always add a little bit of spice to my headline. You can add spice to your headline, but do not lie. Do not mislead. Do not, do not deceive. Do not do the work of Satan in, in your community and in your life. And let's commit to the truth of Jesus Christ, amen? Let's pray right now. Father, in the name of Jesus. Mm. Lord, we hear your voice. We hear your word today. And we're saying, God, how desperate we are. Because we cannot change ourselves. We were born like this. We have lied from when we were born. But Father, we are trusting and we're believing in your word that you have sent your son, Jesus Christ, who is the truth. And if you say, if you will know the truth, the truth will set us free. If we know the Lord Jesus Christ, he will set us free from lies and deception. And I pray today, right now, every spirit of lying, every deceiving spirit, whether it be demonic or habitual, in the name of Jesus, let it be consumed by the fire of the Holy Spirit. Let that habit be broken in Jesus' name. Let that, let that lying spirit be removed. Let it be driven away from our lives, from our homes, from our workplaces, from our relationships, from our church, from our congregations, in the mighty name of Jesus. Let there be conviction. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come and begin to convict our hearts and begin to expose the lies and begin to cleanse us from the darkness and begin to remove us from hypocrisy and begin to establish Holy Spirit integrity inside of us, Lord. We pray for this, God, where we have lied in our taxes, where we are re uh, uh, deceiving the government, where we are deceiving the authorities. Oh God, oh God, change that in our hearts, Lord. Change that in our hearts like you did, Lord, for Zacchaeus when you went to his house. And he said, I've deceived people. I'm going to give back. I'm going to put this back. I'm going to give. If I've stolen money from any, I'm going to give it back. And Jesus said, today salvation has come in this home. Father, we pray that that salvation is rising today, Lord, in our hearts and in our spirits. Wherever we may find ourselves, Lord. Father, we thank you that we, ha we have not received the spirit of fear, but power and love so that we can live in the truth. Lord, we rely on your power and we rely on your love, Lord. We might be afraid of the consequences. Let the chips fall where they do. In the name of Jesus, we are praying, God, that this will be a transformation. Do what you want to do in our hearts, Lord. Let us not end up like Ananias and Sapphira. Let us not end up, Lord, like David and Bathsheba and the dead baby. Father, let it be out of truth, Lord, that more and more life is cultivated and stirred up. Father, let it not be a, a life of condemnation and guilt and yet we are not coming clean. Let us be set free by coming clean and saying, Lord, this is what I've done and making it right. Give us the wisdom. Give us the understanding. You desire truth in the hidden places, in the innermost parts. You give us wisdom in the innermost parts. So Father, we pray, Lord, that there'll be a washing by your word this morning, this afternoon, whenever we are watching. Lord, let there be a washing. 
Let there be a cleansing. Lord God, that we will live lives with a clear conscience starting today. Father, I pray for relationships that risk being broken because people are going to tell the truth. I pray that you preserve relationships, that the, that the people will know that they are honoring that relationship by telling the truth and that it will be seen like that by those who have been lied to. Father, we pray, God, that you will bring a restoration. Holy Spirit, you are the spirit of restoration. Restore, Lord God. The way the enemy has been stealing and stealing and stealing and stealing. Lord, restore. I see the picture of a sister that lied about a sister. And it has caused turmoil in the life of that sister that you lied about. But it was a deception. And God is saying, go and tell the truth. Make right so that something can be restored here. I see a marriage being restored because of the truth that is being shared today. And you are going to come clean. You are going to come clean to your wife. You're going to come clean. And that she is going to forgive you. You will honor her with the truth. And your spiritual walk with God will open up like never before. As someone else, you are, you are getting thoughts, hey, I have to resign if this is the case. And the Holy Spirit is saying, do what is right. Do what is right. Do what is right and he will help you, he will honor you. Sometimes telling the truth has its negative consequences. But I want to encourage you today, let's continue to be established in the way of the Lord. In Jesus' name, let's commit to Jesus Christ today. There's somebody out there, you're saying, I can't, I can't do this, get born again. The Holy Spirit will come. And so Father, I pray your blessing over your people this week. Let your word become a truth and a reality as they worship you in living out the truth and in speaking the truth, in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. We'll see you soon. Have a wonderful week. Thank you for listening. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit envintook.org.